Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Houck and tonight for our Valentine's Day special we have my fiance Jamie Zatto joining me. So welcome my dear. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm great. I'm just in the uh, cozy confines of our laundry room. Isn't that so sweet? Oh very nice. Are you sitting on the toilet? I'm not. I'm uh, fully uh, standing. I'm ready to rock for this one. I thought I'd try to be at my best for you. Very good. So guys, we're just going to kick off the podcast by letting you guys know about our little love story. So I'm going to take you all the way back to how we first met. And I'm going to get Jamie to explain who made the first move and how our love story transpired. Well, I clearly made the first move in college, but uh, I was shut down. Oh, yeah, I think you were uh, obviously already in a relationship. And uh, yeah, I guess the one thing uh, spiraled from there and I didn't uh, I didn't really pursue it. And then uh, later on, uh, a few years later, you came back from I believe uh, you were traveling in Europe, uh, had just gotten back from Spain. And I noticed that you had done a Tough mutter, which I was pretty interested in because I had a few friends that had done one as well. So I reached out on Facebook, and long story short, we were supposed to, I think, get together with some former classmates from college. But if I remember, Angie, it was just you, me, and Carrie. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So our reunion ended up just being uh, three people getting together, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it worked out for the best. We had a couple, uh, you know, barley pops, I guess you'll call them, and then... Uh, we eventually got together again on our own accord and uh, one thing led to another and, and here we are. Now, I do want to let our audience know something pretty interesting about all of this. So essentially, Jamie made a move way before I was into fitness, which is actually kind of cool to me because what ended up happening for me was once I lost a bunch of weight, I found a lot of people were starting to take notice of me. And then when I look back on my life, I had Jamie who came in before the transformation, appreciated me for who I was at at that point and wasn't just thinking oh here's another hot chick so I thought that was kind of a cool thing and here we are now we have a crazy two-year-old son named Theodore and for a lot of people you guys may not know this but although I'm in the bodybuilding space Jamie he calls himself an average Joe so why don't, <laughs> you, why don't you tell our audience what your perspective is on fitness well, you know, I've got a great deal of, of respect for fitness. I've obviously watched you train for quite a few competitions now. I think if I remember correctly, this is your third or fourth since we've been together you're training for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, you know, I think you go through such a tremendous transformation uh, from the dieting, from, you know, the the extent of the workouts. You're always grinding in there on the gym. I know you keep tabs. And everyone updated on your uh, social media platforms uh, to show how hard you really are working. And for me, I mean, I I call myself an average Joe because I'm just I've never been in love with the gym. And this this stems from uh, whether it's coaches that wanted us to get in the weight room in high school when we were playing sports to now, right? It's it's just something that's never really stuck for me. 
you have such a great passion for it. Obviously, you've, you've run your business out of it. And for me, I've just always been an athletic guy. I've always played a lot of sports, whether that's hockey, baseball, golf, basketball. I played quite a bit in school. So I guess I never really focused on the training aspect from a standpoint of, of lifting weights and gaining strength from that perspective. It's, it's just not something that's my cup of tea, so to say. But I, I would say in this new year so far, I've, I've tried really hard and I know I joke about it and but I think one way I think we can improve our relationship, so to say, not that it's it's not great already, is to sort of connect through the gym a little more because I think you're so passionate about it. It's, it's one of your favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that you bring up so many of those points because you really do bring up what a lot of people struggle with. So both the fitness competitors that I work with and the the other women, sometimes they struggle with their partner either being supportive or they struggle with just that there maybe the gym isn't something that their partner likes to do. So do you have any advice for somebody who may be listening to this who's struggling to get support from their partner any tips that you might be able to give them well I can relate a little bit to that because I at first I didn't really understand the whole philosophy of it I remember the first competition you did I think it was the bikini category uh when we were dating and uh, our first dating and I even remember some sort of comments from your family more or less saying you look like an Ethiopian chick and that sort of thing. And, and and when they said stuff like that, I think it kind of resonated with me that, okay, well, hold on a second. You know, I think she's doing a really good thing here and really trying her best to achieve a goal that maybe a couple of years earlier obviously wasn't on the agenda, right? So I guess my advice, if you're, if you're sort of struggling from your partner for support is – I don't know, and like maybe I think you try to get me so inclusive uh, with it all, whether it's it's from a training perspective, you're a very motivational person. Even the macros and, and the counting your macros and your and watching what you eat, I think that's something I've I've really learned from you that I take in my everyday life. I like to track what I'm eating. If I'm not necessarily in the gym as much as you, I think it's a good learning. Uh, curve for those that that maybe aren't so crazy about the gym and and want to watch their figure they can actually track what they're doing it's hard I don't think I don't think that fitness life is for everybody right I you and I talk about this quite a bit uh, and I'm a very sarcastic guy I, that's just sort of my sense of humor and maybe sometimes my jokes sort of hit the wrong nerve but I think you know that I, I support you in what you're doing and I just think the fitness side of it, it's very easy to get lost in the shuffle from a partner's perspective and think, well, there's not a lot of time for me here, is there? Uh, Especially someone like yourself that's training uh, 24-7 quite a bit. Uh, Obviously, you have a lot of uh, business to take care of with your clients and your calls that goes into the evening. So there's not a lot of couple time, so to say, for a few months at a time, right? But that's just all part of it. So for me, I can resonate with why people struggle to get the support from their partner or significant other. But as for tips, I'm not sure, Ange. That's a tough one to answer. It's, it's not for everybody, right? 
And I think even the awareness and the communication surrounding it is the biggest piece of the puzzle, right? So you just brought up a couple of really good points that I want to build on. And the first being that you are aware of what it is that I'm doing. So you're aware that Yes, right now for a period of time, we're not going to be able to sit on the couch and eat a bag of candy and drink a couple bottles of wine and watch shows for multiple hours. That's just not something we're going to be able to do at this time. But does that mean that we're never going to be able to revisit that as a couple? Absolutely not. So I think that communication with your partner that right now my goals aren't going to allow me to participate in some of the things that we used to be able to do together. But perhaps we can find other ways to connect like what you mentioned earlier in the conversation by going to the gym together, by tracking macros together, and just being able to support one another's goals, although they are are going to be different so I think that is certainly something that you have to have a conversation with your partner about you need your partner to understand that this isn't a forever thing it's something that maybe there's going to be activities within your relationship that are going to evolve over time but having that open level of communication about it is certainly something that can be helpful now you're a funny guy and There's some funny stuff that goes on within the walls of this home that many people really probably don't know about me. So I wanted to give everybody the inside scoop of some of the little quirks or funny things that you experience living with me, being a bodybuilder and being a fit chick. So let's dive into that, Jamie. (laughs) Okay. Um, You just want some examples? Yeah, some stuff that people might not know and they might find kind of interesting. Well, one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, obviously it's so hard with it with a child to keep the place so clean. But I don't know. Would you say I'm a little bit of a neat freak and because I think I am at times aside from the grenade that's in our living room that that Theo leaves from all his toys. What would you say to that? You're way neater than me. And this is funny because I talked about this on Instagram stories today and showed them our living room. And so many moms messaged me and they were like, hell yeah, (laughs) I'm glad I'm not alone. (laughs) So it's it's funny because I'm sure from like an external perspective, especially somebody who keeps a clean house, they're probably like, oh my God, your house is disgusting. But the point of it is not that the house is disgusting. The point of it is that right now, a lot of my energy and time is going into other things in my life. So Jamie brings up a really good point. If you're a guy who's kind of like, oh, I want my woman to keep the house clean and I want these certain things because that's something that you want from your relationship. It's possible that a bodybuilder or a fit chick might not be a good fit just from not having as much time to do those things. So one of your other funny little quirks is, and I always make a comment on this to you, I it actually does not bother me in general or what I'm doing with my everyday life, but it's the fact that you will turn the Keurig on, make like whatever tea you want at night before you go to bed, you'll walk away for 45 minutes to an hour, actually walk up to bed, and then realize the tea is still sitting there and now ice cold. Uh Uh-huh. So for anybody that's done dieting 
or if anybody is a mom, you know me. <laughs> like you can totally relate to that. You do something and then you totally forget that you did it because you're on to the next activity or you're just kind of thinking about something else. So Jamie likes to make fun of me and poke fun, so to speak, in relation to that being something that I do on the regular. To be fair, I drink it ice cold an hour later. Sometimes I'll reheat my coffee but often i'll just drink it cold as ice an hour later i don't know how you do that i the coffee as soon as it hits hits my lips when it's cold like that forget about it yeah not even worth reheating yeah yeah i mean i don't know if that's like a universal fit chick thing but it's definitely something that I've just come to do. The other thing is I eat cold food like all of the time. And like the time we uh, years ago when you were training and we were in Phil's grandson's place and you snuck broccoli in. <laughs> and a and chicken ate breast. It on the dance floor. Yeah. And the chicken breast in my story. purse. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. yeah. And another funny thing you actually do, I've really picked up on it the last couple of months because you've had a few photo shoots is you will hang your extensions on the oven handle where the tea <laughs> towels hang. And like I'll come home from work and I just turn into the kitchen and there's just these long dangly blonde hair extensions where the tea towels are. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. I don't, yeah. Well, I was washing my hair extensions in the sink with the purple shampoo because the sink's a little bit larger than the one in our bathroom. In our bathroom, we don't have a rod. We only have like little hooks. So it makes sense for me to use the oven handle to hang my extensions. I mean, you got to use what you have available to you, babe. So, Well, and how about about, uh, do you care to uh, tell the the audience about how – I'll go into the bathroom after you've used it for 45 minutes. You've got like a flat iron, a hair curling iron, whatever. You've got four other objects in the sink. There's no room for anything. Is this like a universal woman thing or what's what's that about? I think that's a woman thing. I don't think that's just fit chicks. I think that's just you guys stamping like when you were kids and you're like stamped it like that's your washroom. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes we run out of time getting ready that we just get ourselves in a pickle. It's like, okay, I either put on my lipstick and mascara or I clean up the counter and I'm just going to leave it and hope that I unplugged the curling iron before This could be like equivalent to when you like take your dog for a walk and then it like pisses on a piece of grass to like mark its territory. No. That's what this is like. Nobody else enters the bathroom because – a grenade went off and left shells everywhere. No, we're not like pissing and marking our territory. Come on. Come on. Well, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. All I know is when I enter the bathroom after you've used it, it's like unusable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And now what are your thoughts on eating the same foods every day? Because I... Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so... I'll preface this by saying when we lived in poor credit in our little basement one-bedroom apartment, we must have ate cauliflower mix, like the frozen vegetables, for months on end. I think you mean California mix. 
California style, like you know the black. Yeah, like yeah. You said cauliflower. You said cauliflower, but you meant cauliflower. Oh, sorry, sorry. California style mix. Yeah, cauliflower, carrots, broccoli, for like three months straight. It was the only side we had, and. <laughs> You are someone who's like completely fine with this. I've watched you when training, you'll eat like the same meal two or three times a day, like chicken breast, sweet potato, broccoli. I've watched that countless times over the years. And I'm okay with it to a certain extent, me personally, but then I just flat out get sick of something, right? Like I don't don't care if you're eating pizza or ice cream every day for like two months. Eventually you're going to get sick of it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. See, I don't get sick of it. I like always, if it's something I like, well, I That's because you're a Martian. A Martian? You're from outer space. You're not normal. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> well, you're, come on. You're marrying a Martian. That's you really. Me, you, you're telling me there's nothing you get sick of eating over and over and over. Sometimes. You're right. Sometimes I do. But. Often, I'm okay with it. Now, what about some of the other little funny quirks? Like, do you want to tell them about my little stool? Oh, my God. Okay, so any of you that obviously have met Andrew in person, follow her on Instagram, that whole thing. Obviously, you guys know she's vertically challenged. So... When she's, like, looking for something in the pantry, uh, whether she's making dinner or whatever, trying to reach for her protein powder, which, by the way, Angie, I don't know if you told him I completely reorganized that pantry. That looked like a grenade went through it, too. And uh, she'll use this stool to get up to the top shelf because literally the shelf would probably, if I were to walk directly into it, it would hit me right in the nose. So I don't even think it's that tall. But I guess for you it is. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little bit of a problem, but I'm really glad that I have you in my life because you balance me out. Do you ever notice that in our photos? Like if if some people, I don't want to tell them all our secrets when we're taking a photo together. But there are times <laughs> when I'm literally in like a half like squat, almost like a goblet squat, like you come like you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm trying yeah. to fit into the photo so that basically you don't look like mini me standing like at my stomach right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Qu- quite the distance between the two of us at yeah times. yeah yeah almost a foot but i mean we make it work and most people wouldn't know that there is such a difference in height because we try to be tricky <laughs> i actually thought heather did a good job in those engagement photos making it look like we weren't uh so far apart mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure Now, what about the challenges of living with me? So the challenges of living with somebody who's going through a competition prep. It's got its ups and downs. Like I'm, you know me, Angie, I'm a very straightforward person with a lot of things. I don't, I don't hold a lot back and I'm just really honest. Right. So yeah, I think it does you mentioned the word challenges. It is a challenge uh, at times. You know, it, it doesn't mean that we don't get through it. It doesn't mean we, we reach sort of a common ground. But, you know, the getting up at 3.30 in the morning and then going to the gym and thank goodness I fixed the treadmill for you because now you don't have to wake everybody up. And, you know, the 
they're going to bed at seven o'clock, right? Or, or eight o'clock, I guess, because a lot of your, your client base is on the phone with you till seven, seven thirty. But, and I would just say the general, there's a lot of things you can't do, right? When you're in a competition prep, you mentioned it earlier on the show. You can't come home, uh, you know, from a hard day and just relax on the couch together or do whatever, maybe play around the cards as we like to do from time to time. Some rummy or euchre or, just simple things like that. I just think sometimes for a three to four month period or five month period, it's some certain things on life get put on hold, but I, I guess that's the key word. They're just put on hold. They're not, they're just pushed to the side temporarily. It doesn't mean that they're going to be like that forever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that would be, I, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge for me, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me. I try to eat very healthy uh, I know you've said this a lot off the air, you know, and I think we both wonder how good our relationship would be if I was someone that didn't eat that healthy and I was eating a lot of fast foods or whatever for lunch and, and uh, not really making my own breakfasts or, or not into eating some of the same kinds of dinner that you would be making, right? Because you do a lot of food prep and I just kind of piggyback off that and go, well, it's it's already prepared, right? Let's kill two birds with one stone. So yeah, I would say there are a lot of challenges that way in terms of being as strict as you are. And I'm just not as determined with certain things as you are. I just find you a very determined person, right? But, I mean, we'll be together six years by the time we're married in the fall. And, and that's just, you've come to live with it, right? Mm-hmm. And what about our roles as mom and dad? How do you think that that's, that's, that's affected? Yeah, I think that's... It's tough. It's probably tough for you too, right? Because if Theo goes to home care, you know, three days a week all day, uh, you know, you bring him home. I pick him up after work. I get him around four o'clock and you vaguely see him, you know, in the evening, right? Because you have your clients and, and you're busy doing work and that's fine, right? Everyone's got to make a living. It's just, for example, now he's been in bed for about 45 minutes, right around seven o'clock. So, you know, it's 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 difficult in the sense that like I think our week is very divided in the sense that like you get them in the morning, I get them in the evening, right? There's not a lot of in between. Obviously, we have jobs, and sometimes on weekends there'll be a Sunday where I look after them all of Sunday, right? Because you've got to do all the administrative stuff, and that's just how it goes. So, yeah, I I, I think sometimes we'd like to get more time with him than we do, but that's not always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. I think we we try our best with it. Theo's home with me on Mondays and Fridays, and then we have our weekends. But certainly those Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, they're long days. Like I end up working quite long hours so that we can make the space on the other days. But I just want to highlight the fact of if, if you're out there and you're really struggling with making all of it work – I think the biggest advice I can give to you is that you and your partner need to find a way to divide up the responsibilities versus everything being on one partner or one part, all the responsibilities being on the other partner. And what I mean in that sense is the standpoint of there's a lot of jobs that Jamie does and there's a lot of jobs that I do, but when it comes to the communication about the things that we're going to be doing, I think it's really important for just because you're in competition prep doesn't mean that you get to stop being a mom and then everything gets plopped onto the dad 
or that you try as a mom to do it all, that you try to do all your competition prep, that you try to do everything around the house, that you try to just take it all on and not ask anything of your partner because you are going to need your partner to help you out in that situation. And I think that's where you do a really great job, Jamie, is that you picking them up from daycare allows me the ability to finish my lifting sessions in the afternoon, come home about an hour after you guys get home, and then roll right into my client calls, and it's no big deal. And I think that's really important that we're able to work through that together and be able to come up with something that works for both of us. Now, I do want to talk about what's the best part. So what's the benefit of being with somebody who is like me? Well, I think the benefit is obviously I get to eat pretty healthy, right? Like, I mean, you're such a health nut and that's a good thing. And I think that's a good thing for everybody to be eating better than they probably are right now today. And I would say that's the biggest takeaway. I would also say you're just such a, you're just such a positive person. Uh, We talk about this often between the two of us, how at times I'm a very pessimistic guy Uh, Whereas you're the complete polar opposite, so optimistic. And I often say, too, I'm just more of a realist when it comes to certain aspects of life. And I think we have a good balance because you kind of offset my pessimism with that. Um, You have such like a bright energy, right? So, yeah, I would say that's that's a good thing. I will say this. uh, For those of you that that don't know Ange, obviously, I, I know her probably the best by obviously living with her day in and day out is when she gets up in the morning, you need to give her an hour to to get herself together and accustomed to everyday life and have her coffee. Because when she gets up, she is not a morning person. So I hate to break that secret on air here for you, Edge, but you are absolutely not a morning person. It's quite funny to watch. And you know what's really funny about that is because everybody sees my morning routine and sees me getting up early and they'll say like, oh my goodness, like how do you do it? And really, it's just me needing a couple hours by myself before I interact with the world to be in a good headspace. And that's really doing my gratitude journal, that's doing my cardio, that's just me allowing myself the ability to have my mindset in a good space before I react to all the things that are going to come my way. So what used to happen is, Jamie and I would wake up with our son and both of us be lying in bed and we'd be poking one another being like, are you going to get him? Are you going to go get him? And we would both just be laying there like, oh, is he going to keep crying? Maybe he'll go back to sleep. And we would just lay there. And it's funny to think back to, but we've just been able to get into a way better groove now that we're just getting a good flow in the morning and we go in when he wakes up and get him out of bed and there's no stress. There's no overwhelming feeling. There's no like, ah, oh, you know, we just kind of start the day on the right two feet, which is good. So that's funny. Do you ever feel pressure to look a certain way because I'm into fitness? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think other people like our friends always observe that. And I don't know if you know what I mean, right? Like, I think people go like, they think like, oh, well, how do you feel about like Anda's training? Like when she puts all this photos or whatever on Instagram or she's sending Instagram stories of, of her posing and stuff like this, doesn't really bother me. 
right? Like, I'm an average Joe, and that's who I am. Uh, I think I maintain a pretty good lifestyle. Um, I, I have a different goal than you. I don't ever foresee myself being Arnold Schwarzenegger ripped, because that's just not something I want to do. And... Fitness competitions are just not something I would do and get on stage because I just don't think that's my cup of tea, right? And that's not to say it's a bad bad thing for anyone else. I think it's great for you. You've got the personality to do it. I make jokes about myself all the time. Like, you know, if I eat something bad, I'm like, oh, that's going to go right to my hips. But I'm not, you know, I'm not overly, you know, concerned with my body image. I guess I'm not someone that's really ever had to struggle with a body image, right? So I I can't really put myself in those shoes. Um, I've always been rather, I don't know, slender or, or skinnier, right? Aside from maybe putting on some weight during my freshman year in, in university and then losing it uh, the following year. But yeah, I don't know. I don't feel pressure to say, keep up with you. I think I might make jokes about it and stuff, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm not that way, right? Like I'm not, I'm not really the jealous type. I'm not really, it's not necessarily a competition between us, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the way I see it too. And I do want to bring up the fact that as a bodybuilder, you see my body go through some crazy transformations. You see it when it's building and I'm in a bulk. You see it when I'm super lean and shredded and vascular. So you kind of see both sides of the equation. And I want to know what what's your perspective on that? Like, what's it like being on the other side of seeing such massive transformation uh, in the body? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to watch, right? I mean, as you said, you go through your bulking stage and then you'll lean back down and obviously all that muscle shows itself in in the lean form. But yeah, it's pretty crazy to watch. I mean, the whole transformation is really something. I can see when people go through such a transformation like that that some of your clients have and then get on stage. Uh, it's, It's probably invigorating. It's probably so refreshing for them uh, to see such changes. And it's probably a very emotional time because sometimes people flip open a magazine and they go, oh man, I wish I could look like that, right? And then all of a sudden they do it after a lot of hard work and dedication over a period of time. So yeah, for me, I, I think it's a pretty cool process to witness. I guess I've always been intrigued about how I would look doing something like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, my end goal wouldn't be to get on stage, right? That's just not for me. So, uh, but maybe in the future, Ange, it would be cool to just train like someone was going on stage and let's see if I could do it. Do you think I could do that? I don't think you would be able to get to the stage level of conditioning that would do well on stage. But I think we can have you looking pretty good with a good beach bod. You know why I hear that hesitation in your voice? Because... I don't think we have the same drive to do that, right? Yeah, and I also think that... I think it takes a certain level of drive, determination, and even patience. Yeah, and I also think it needs to be a goal that lights your soul on fire. If it isn't, you're going to be like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. You'll be like dreading the process. Whereas I love the process. I love the grind. And that's what gets me up every day. And I feel like it's cool that you're an athletic guy. And it's cool that you go to the gym a couple days a week with me. And you count your macros. And you're 
meshing your lifestyle in with mine and even if you never are to get to that ultimate beach body i will still love you either way oh i appreciate that and you're so so nice <laughs> thank you for loving my milk bag body thank you. <laughs> you are funny so I have another interesting question that was kind of on my mind that I was thinking about. So you brought up that sometimes you get a little bit of smack from your friends in relation to what do you think about this and what do you think about Angie's whatever in relation to the prep. And the interesting part that I find about that process is I feel like sometimes friends who don't understand the sport – expect for your reaction to be that of being jealous or that of being uneasy about what it is that your partner is going through. And I think it's cool that you're looking at it and just not seeing it from that perspective because bodybuilding is not about presenting your body and trying to be, I guess, like sexy. You're trying to be appealing for other men it's a celebration of the success that you've been able to achieve so I really respect the fact that you see it as that and that you don't see it as being anything that would be threatening well I think too that I've had years to experience it right like I said earlier on the show when we first started dating I didn't necessarily understand it right but it's not something I've resented and I supported you I went to your show I was like okay I, I can see sort of the passion here and why people are excited. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll loop some of my friends into this just because it is what it is. But I just think people start to make comments like that because they don't understand it, right? Whereas, like I said, I've had some experience now sort of observing the whole process and I understand it a lot better than they do. Uh, It's very easy for someone to just say, oh, why would you ever want to do that? Because they don't understand the whole process, right? So they've never experienced it themselves. It's not something that piques their interest. Uh, I've obviously was sort of thrust into it, but I've accepted it. And I think it's kind of cool because obviously when you're dating someone who trains for something like this, it's part of your lives when you're living together, right? It's not something that you do alone. Uh, I do it as an observer and a supporter, right? So yeah, I, I think that, that happens with everything people in everyday life people when they don't understand something they just start to ask questions in a negative connotation because it's just something that doesn't pique their interest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure babe for sure now for my show what's your shirt gonna say uh number one fan with your face on it nice is that what you want or uh what should i do yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Do you want it to be like a wife beater to show off your shoulders or no? Oh, yeah, you like my shoulders. Uh, maybe I could do that. Yeah, maybe that's something I, I might consider. Well, it's May, so it might be a little bit warmer here in Canada by that point. Yeah, I just, you know, I'd hate to I'd hate to walk around that competition, uh, sun's out, gun's out, right, and show off the biceps. Well, we could get you a spray tan and then that'll make things pop oh. a little more. Perfect. I can't wait. (laughs) Sounds good. All right, guys. So we are going to wrap up today's episode just with one final question. And for those that have tuned into past episodes, you know what it is. So, Jamie, 
when you die, how would you like to be remembered? How I want to be remembered? I, you know, I would just hope that my experience with people, they would remember that I was a funny guy. I made them laugh, whether that was coming into the workplace or having a couple beers on the deck or what have you. And I sort of gave them an escape from their everyday lives and the stresses of, of their jobs and stuff like that. And I was sort of someone they could confide in to have a laugh and uh, and make life easier for once, right? So that's all I really hope for. There are times I get really sarcastic with people because that's just how I know how that's just how I know to react, right? I probably get it from my dad, and maybe I come off crass and, and a little bit of an a-hole, but I'm just fun-loving. I, I try to, I try to, you know, lessen the burden and lighten the lighten the room a little bit for people, and, and that's how I hope I remember that I was I was a guy that uh, made people laugh and smile. Nice. I forgot about your Valentine's card. I guess I should. Well, open yeah, better it. open it. All right, guys, so Jamie gave me a Valentine's Day card, and I haven't opened it. I'm going to open it live on our call here and read it to you guys so you can know what it says. For my wife on Valentine's Day, my dancing, well, it's not so great. My style, an epic fail. And every time I cook, my goal is live to tell the tale. I'll never make the top 10 list of all-time great romantics. I bet I drive you crazy with my football-watching antics. I don't put down the toilet seat. Oh, my God. This is so you, babe. (laughs) My fix-it skills are spotty. I guess you must have married me because I'm such a hottie. (laughs) You like that? Guys, inside this card right now, there is a pretty funny guy with a big blow dryer, and it's pretty cute. So I'm going to post it on Instagram. You guys will be able to check it out because it's pretty funny. But thanks again for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Happy Valentine's Day, and have a great night, guys. Bye.